Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. We are going full on season long fantasy uh, boot camp today on the Deep Dive. Uh, we have been so focused on. Uh, capturing all of the betting angles for all of the teams uh, across the NFL landscape that lo and behold uh, season long fantasy draft time has snuck up on me. Like, uh, uh, like, I don't know what's a, what's it's, it's snuck up on me. Like, uh, like the NBA season sneaks up on me every year in mid October. I'm like, Oh man, NBA starting. Um, but uh, here we are. The, the third week of preseason is coming up uh, this, uh, this weekend. And, that means one thing. It's time to draft for your season-long fantasy team. Uh, Andy, how many uh, how many leagues you got going this year? I think it's going to be three. My two normal ones, and then I got a fun Twitter one that they're firing up that I, I really should get into my email and accept that invitation. I've caught, I've caught a lot of shit about that. Like, I might I might even do that while you're talking because now, now you're reminded me. And I feel bad. Like, yeah, I'll totally I'll totally join it tomorrow. All right, good stuff. Um, so to uh, to help us navigate the muddy waters that are that is season long fantasy football, uh, we have got one of the, if not the premier mind uh, in the season long fantasy daily fantasy space uh, joining us on the pod. A guy that's been great friends with us behind the scenes, uh, helping us sort out player props, fantasy angles, and then just general sports betting angles. Welcome to oh, the deep dive. You're a guru too. Siege, welcome to the deep dive. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. It's, you know, it's sunny in Vegas. It's uh, hot as hell, but it's uh, much better than the other alternatives out there. You're in Vegas? In Vegas. Oh, man. This is awesome. Yeah, you be there through the weekend? Yeah, we, won't, we, won't, we won't be there for days yet. I know. Yeah, I can I'm taste here for it a couple though. weeks. It's two weeks. Like, I have Jesus. this weekend, and then next weekend is uh, the first of two uh Two big uh, season-long competition uh, draft weekends, so I'll be here uh, drafting. Oh, okay. So this, oh, that's that's interesting. So basically, are there they uh, they do a big uh, they do a big promotion? A couple a couple of the uh, the big companies they have massive promotions out there. Are you basically like it's a work trip, business trip? The second week will be will be definitely a work trip, but the first week is definitely uh, the fun time. But yeah, no, there's definitely you know there's a there's drafts all the way up to like 20k. I'm not in the 20k this year, but uh, a couple of my colleagues uh, over at uh, the New Venture Arts. So uh, I'll probably uh, check in and see how they're doing. I know you do this for a living, uh, but you know, and I like Andy's thoughts on this too. But it, you know, doing sitting down and doing a season long fantasy draft is it one of the most fun experiences of the year? I mean, it's 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 still fun for you, even though you do this for a living, right, CJ? Oh, the drafts are definitely the best part. I mean, you you seen like this. I mean, the bet. I mean, I'm not sure how you could live without hearing the words best ball. And literally, that format existed just so you can draft more. So, uh, yeah, I mean, drafting is the best part, and that never gets old. I love it. Uh, would you agree with that sen- sentiment, Andy? Is uh, and you know, I guess, yeah, you know, fantasy drafting is just about it's just as much about kind of getting back together with your boys uh, that you only see once or twice, talk once or twice a year anyway, too. Right. Oh yeah. No, we've, I have a league that I've been in for a while and it's been going for 
decades. It's always the same day. It's, it's always it's always going to be. I forget how old you are. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And the, well, I haven't been in it for decades, but and not only that, but speaking, you know, of the DFS world, we have a member of the our league. He split the winnings a couple weeks back in the Millie Maker. Like he he ended up with about a quarter mil. So we really really tried to convince him to like fly the league out to Vegas, but t- turns out it wasn't that much money after taxes. Once he looked into that and he didn't actually look into any of that. He just told us stuff. I can kick rocks. And he'll <laughs> still probably, he, he's hosted it at his house before. Like, I think he's, he'll probably just end up getting a new kitchen or something instead. But I we, yeah, we, we always have it back home. It's fun to see everybody. I don't see uh, all that often. And yeah, the draft is, Boy, the draft seems like it goes so fast. You put all this time, you study, you make your goddamn spreadsheets, and then all of a sudden it's round seven, and you're looking at your team and be like, "What did I do? Where did it? Where did <laughs> where it all go wrong? What happened? Why do I have so many wide receivers?" Oh, I always the other way for me. I'm always so overconfident. I'm like, I cannot believe that everyone on my sleepers fell to me. This is so great. I'm going to dominate this league. Uh, and then I'm combing the waiver wire and turning over half my team after week one. Uh, yeah. Siege, uh, what's the most memorable? Uh, what's the most memorable fantasy win you ever had? It could be season long or uh, uh, or DFS. So I was actually in San Diego a couple of years ago for a, a live event on a Saturday, and we were going out on a boat cruise on a, a, a basically a booze cruise on a Friday night. And I threw a couple teams in, you know, before heading out, you know, because it's four o'clock. Pacific close lock and uh so you know it was six hours seven hours later in the bar my buddy goes how you doing I'm like I don't know I haven't, I haven't looked up with the app in two hours I looked and I was up like 60,000 and then I looked and I had like a hundred minutes remaining and I was like oh I'm gonna win everything <laughs> already just like ripping out since four o'clock on the boat I was like this is gonna be one rough night oh that's great I love it. Uh, what about you? I mean, what about you, Will? As far as leagues, what, what do you got rolling this? What What is the California leagues looking like? Oh, I have. Uh, I actually don't play with anyone in California. I start. I had oh, one work good. one. I had. I had one work one that uh, went totally went totally belly up a couple of years ago because everyone was like, uh, "This isn't fun for me anymore." Um, but uh, but I have a couple of old school ones. One with Fraternity Brothers that's been going on since about two thousand and two. Uh, and then one with um, some other uh, friends that I had that I lived with in North Carolina that's been going on, on since about 2006. So It's funny, um, your, your work one too, you know, you talked about your overconfidence. I forgot about this part. Uh, the other league that I'm in with some people where I live now, friends and coworkers and whatnot, but the first year they wanted to start it and just couldn't get 12 people. And it was a 10-person league the first year. And I, my main league has always been 12. I'd played in that for years and years, like I'd said. And we got done with that 10-person draft. And I thought I had just, just stolen the show. I looked at my team, and I'm like, holy shit, Andy. Look what you did. This is this is going to destroy people. But then you look at everyone else's team and be like, oh, shit, it's a 10-person like that's why my team is so good. Like I, I just remember <laughs> feeling so good about it, and then I looked at every other roster. I'm like, oh man, no, everybody has a really good. Team. Oh, they're all yeah. good. You, you yeah, know, it's a whole problem. different. Just dropping two teams, man. That changes so much. You know what? Uh, you know what the what the problem with the work league is? Uh, is that if you're out there hustling hard and you're like spending a lot of your work time like researching 
uh, and getting the best waiver wire picks it. People are like, man, you take this really seriously. And they're like, how much are you working? It's <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I uh, no. This is uh, just doing this uh, for fun on the weekends. Uh, no big deal. Uh, but um, Siege, you do this for a living. Uh, how in the world did you come across this as a profession? Uh, is this something that you, as soon as you started playing fantasy sports, you were like, "This is this is these are my people. This is my this is my deal." Or is it something that you basically just like you realized you had a knack for it, you had a skill for it, and this is like something you wanted to do with your life? I was just waiting for bar exam results. I, I, just, I literally like, I literally had like three months before I got the bar exam results back. So I was like, oh. I guess this DraftKings thing. I got nothing better to do, and then just started crushing. And I was like, wait a minute, what? Why would I do work more hours when I can do this and, and play sport and watch sports over here? So I was like, oh, so cool. let's see how long this goes. We'll ride the wave, and so far, right in that. That's crazy. So. Uh, so you avoided the kind of the midlife crisis that it feels like all the rest of us go through where you're like, I can't believe this is my job. Why am I not doing what I'd rather be doing? You kind of nipped that in the bud with a little bit of luck and a little bit of, uh, you found a, you found a place, uh, originally with, uh, what Roto grinders. Yeah, it was originally with, uh, I actually stuck before that as with daily fantasy boot camp, which is what feels like ages ago, but yeah, mostly did work at Roto grinders. And then, uh, actually just left them a little, uh, a couple months ago and, uh, kind of us, Camp got on board with one of my actually my season long partner and uh, kind of uh, we're doing our own uh, thing now and uh, we're gonna make season long cool again I promise it, it there's so many awesome formats out there that requires a lot less work than you think and have a whole lot of money up top which is always the best part right absolutely well what what you're saying makes a ton of sense because I completely get like you know there there was a wave where daily fantasy became so popular and really did kind of minimize like how and i think that splintered a lot of leagues it probably soured a lot of people's tastes they were like yeah why would i do this i'm doing daily fantasy or you know or like you know a league would be split and half the people wouldn't care anymore because they were out playing daily fantasy and now it does feel like you know there's a little bit of a wave going on where people have all kind of found their groove. Some people are daily players, some people are just sports betters, and some people are just season long uh, players. So that uh, it it does the timing feels right for that. So uh, that's that's pretty cool. What's your new gig? What, what's the new uh, the new venture called? Yeah, uh, so I'm, it's uh, called ArborPro.com. It's A R B O U R, like Arbor the tree. I don't know why we went with Arbor. What's the Canadian yeah. spelling? Yeah, we want the Canadian spelling because the well, the Twitter social handles were available, really. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> good as re- good a reason as any. That you uh, gotta look there. You gotta look at that first. It's so hard. It is so hard. I can't tell you how many names we went through, and we're like, "Oh, that'll be available." And it's like, "Nope, that tw- that domain they want like ten thousand dollars for it." You're like, "Really, really?" So uh, no, but uh, it's arborpro.com and. Uh, we have a phenomenal season long staff. Like if you're listening to this podcast and you find this fascinating, I'd encourage you to check it out. We our stuff, all our preseason stuff, which is really just like everything you would ever need for the draft. It's criminally underpriced in my opinion was, was the pricing was set long before I joined. I'll say that certainly I would not <laughs> give it away for this. No, we're and giving we'll, it away. Yeah. I mean. And we'll, we'll, we'll post a link to that. Uh, Arbor, Arbor, was it Arbor pro? Did I screwed up already. Arborpro.com. We'll post a link to that in the show notes and when we when we post this up on Twitter so you can find it without even typing. I love um, it. Okay. Good, I'm not a typing person either, so that sounds like a plan. That's good. And if people want to follow you on Twitter, if they aren't already, oh, they probably are. Uh, at the Siege DFS, but I can't spell S-E-I-G-E. 
Okay. But so, you, you also own the misspelling one. No, I don't. <laughs> nope. You I don't, don't own that. I thought you did. Nope. Is that somebody me. else just looking at looking like you? That is someone who's literally decided that, that I am worthy of a parody account. <laughs> I, I swear it was just you that uh, decided to do that because somebody somebody misspelled you and it went to and I clicked on it. It went to that and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, basically the same, it's basically the same page. It's just a parody account. Okay. Well, <laughs> well that's how I, you that's how you know you've made it in life is when you have a parody Twitter account for yourself. I look forward to that day. Well, Andy, my, Andy has uh, Andy had the one of my favorite comments of the year via Twitter. Uh, where somebody gave you a shout out for our group, and they were like, "Yeah, follow you know the Siege DFS." Uh, <laughs> and you were like, you're, "Yeah, you're like misspelled it, you jackass." And it was, and then Andy came in. Oh, from the top rope, I before E, except after CJ, and so now I can always remember spell it the Siege S E I G E. DFS. I wish I had thought of that. I remember that <laughs> so I wish I had thought of that long before. It would have been would have made for oh a, a pretty God. funny joke. It was so good. So follow uh, the Siege DFS for more uh, season long fantasy um, brilliance. Uh, and uh, it's fitting that your background comes from fantasy boot camp because that's the way I'm treating this pod today. I have been uh, so engaged in the gambling side of things that I am. I have got to go through some boot camp here, getting ready for this draft that I got coming up on Saturday. And uh, I, let's get let's let's dive into this. Are you guys ready? Let's yeah, let's it. let's talk. Let's talk some fantasy. I don't think we okay. talked any fantasy football last year. And granted, we started the podcast last year. We started a little late, you know, right before the season started. We didn't really get a chance with our previews, but it's good to touch on this because, I mean, if if you've done handicapping. And any, you know, if you're doing any football handicapping, you probably are or have done or are going to do some fantasy football. Everybody does a little fantasy. So this is nice, especially for two guys who have not studied to, yeah, basically <laughs> we just asked you on here so you can, you can kind of shape our drafts this weekend. I love it. So, uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, <laughs> It goes without saying that we probably won't talk fantasy again until we get the siege back on. <laughs> I think uh, I think this is our one shot here. Um, so let's uh, let's see. My first question for you, CJ: Is there a slam dunk, no doubt, MVP of fantasy football seasons this year? Is there a clear number one in your mind? I know that there's effectively a top tier of running back, so to speak, uh, for guys. Is running back even the right decision if you're picking first overall in the draft? How does the top of the draft shape up in your mind? Yeah, so my top tier has three guys. It, it does not have four. Um, I, I have one of those guys I think is going to – I think he'll be okay, but I think he's clearly not going to be as valuable as the top three. I, I, in some order, it's Gurley, Elliott, Bell – um, I think Bell for me is probably third right now on that list in non PPR, um, just because of uh, this. I, I just don't think he's going to be good those first couple weeks again. We saw that last year, came back rusty, not in football shape. I think that's going to kind of be the difference this year between Zeke and Bell. But in your PPR drafts, I probably would take Bell first. Any chance that Bell, uh, because Pittsburgh's defense is so so uh, questionable, I'll just say questionable. I think they're Porous. pretty poor, personally. Porous, yeah. Any chance that uh, you find yourself frustrated with the amount of usage you get you see out of Bell this year because they're playing from behind in a lot of games? Yeah, he's got a big passing game role. I mean, definitely there are better weapons around Big Ben this year, so maybe Bell gets a slight tick down, but 
that's kind of nitpicking at that point. I, I think I would happily take uh, Le'Veon Bell over David Johnson or, or Saquon Barkley. Interesting. So if you're yeah, a little that's lukewarm, a, that's a good segue. That, that yeah. Barkley. That's my. I cannot stop. Like even as we're talking now, I can't stop staring at. <laughs> what are your thoughts on taking a rookie that high? His ADP somewhere around five or six. I would take Barkley over David Johnson. Wow. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> wow. So not, not, not scared off by the rookie thing. Maybe, and maybe uh, that's just a, that's might just be a mental block for me. Like, Hey, this guy's I mean, never most done rookies, it. Most rookies are like guys. I love to fade, but this is a scenario where like, that's a really good offense. That division kind of quietly doesn't have much in terms of defense on it, including the giants themselves. Um, I, I, and Jonathan Stewart is washed up. He's not going to really get the workload. Whereas David Johnson, you know, you have to worry about some good defenses in that division. You know, you've got the Rams. I think the 49ers are going to be dramatically improved this season. And Chase Edmonds is going to need some work. Uh, he's a he's a pretty good sleeper for late in your drafts if you want to just really uh, screw over that David Johnson owner. Uh, he, he's good, and he's going to get some work. Uh, so I, I do have Barkley over Johnson at this point. Is there any historical context for a guy who missed a pretty much the entire season, who was like the consensus number one last year, how those guys tend to bounce back? Is there any rust in their legs or are they generally fresh? I mean, I think, I feel like there's got to be a narrative that like Johnson's fresh and he's ready to just rip it up this year. And he's going to get, you know, he's going to, you know, make up for lost time. Is, is all of that nonsense? I don't know if I'd call it nonsense. I, I just, I it was a wrist injury. It wasn't a leg. <laughs> so like right, I think people right. were just like, oh, his legs are fresh because his legs weren't hurt. And it's like, well, yeah, but that offensive line's still bad. And we we know that Sam Bradford will probably play like two two minutes of football before he gets hurt, and then it'll be Josh Rosen again. And, and Josh Rosen as a rookie, like you don't know what you're gonna get there. So I think there's a lot more questions with David Johnson than people think. So, I mean, I would probably take Antonio Brown four if I had the fourth overall pick. Um, but yeah, it certainly would not be David Johnson. That Interesting. Yeah. I love this. I think, I love yeah, this I think a big, a big point of that was too, like the Cardinals offense just might not be good. And you just get, you get a shitload of three and outs. There's just not going to be a lot of as many touches as an offense that might stay on the field, have more time of possession. Like it, it could be, it could be a long year for that Arizona defense being on the field a lot. Yeah, yeah I, I just, on top. Of, not like I don't ahead. think he's a first round player. I, I just don't think he's a top half of the first round player. Yeah, you got you got a uh, you got a defensive head coach taking over there too. Uh, Bruce Arians exactly. stepped yeah. stepped away. You're going to have a whole new scheme, a whole new uh, a, a lot of questions. And uh, hey, guess what? If I was a defensive coordinator. Uh, and I was game planning against Arizona. Guess what I would do? I would take away uh, David Johnson because the passing threats in that uh, out of that offense scare me exactly zero percent. So yeah, that's um, the scheme, isn't it? That would be. I would, I I would load the, the box. I would load up the yeah. box. Load up the box against these guys. Um, okay, let's. Uh, so I guess if you're a little lukewarm, it sounds like on Bell Gurley Elliott. Uh, maybe you're not lukewarm, but you don't really have a strong, you know, a strong case to be made for who's like going to be the MVP. Uh, is it even worth having a top three pick in the draft or is there more value in being at the lower, uh, lower end of your snake draft? If you're, you know, I mean, if you could just pick any, 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 any slot, what's the ideal slot to be drafting? I would take three because I get one of the big three. Ah, okay. Got it. There's a gap and the, deci- and the decisions made for you. There's no second right. guessing. 
Right. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I love that part of it too. When when there's a clear cut top tier and you're at the end of it, you'd be like, well, I can't say I screwed this up then. Yeah. The only way you screwed up is if you didn't take one of the big three. Yeah. Yeah. I will take Kamara. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, let's slide down a little bit and uh, talk about some wide receivers here. I agree with you. Antonio Brown ought to be your first wide receiver off the board and taking him fourth. Uh, you're not going to hear any complaints from me. Uh, that guy's special. And, uh, like I said, I think Pittsburgh's going to be playing from behind in a lot of games and, uh, he may even see, you know, he may see career high numbers. Um, but, uh, after Antonio Brown, there's a gap, uh, and the number two wide receiver, I've seen different answers to this, depending on who you ask. And in fact, the uh, ADP has been kind of shuffling here between Hopkins, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and Julio Jones. With For whatever reason at ESPN, Julio Jones is now shot up to be the number two wide receiver picked. Um, is there a guy here that stands out to you that you want uh, if you have, say, pick number 10? I, I like Beckham and Hopkins. Um, I have Hopkins over Beckham, but it's 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 very close, and I you could talk me into either way. Um <laughs> Hopkins, though, I just think that offense is just going to have to score points. I think I am higher on the NFC South having to score points than I think a lot of people are this year. Like, there's really not a good defense in that division, save for the Jaguars. And every other team has got quarterbacks that can throw the football around the field. So I think you're going to see a lot more shootouts in the NFC South than you're used to this year. So I, I do like Hopkins a little bit over Odell, but it's pretty close. I actually, I actually have Julio Jones like sixth. So he's not really in that conversation for me. Oh, Hopkins oh, just wow. gets to everything. He just seems to he finds passes that are way off. Oh yeah, he we catches, talked about this. The guys, the guys catch radius, radius is is, yeah. abs- is utterly ridiculous. Um, do you think? Um, I don't know. His his over. I mean, is he is he more of a yardage guy or a touchdown guy? Because I'm I'm looking at his. I'm surprised looking at his player props. His uh, yardage is only thirteen hundred. Uh, with his touchdowns at nine and a half. Um, I feel like, I, I feel like there's an opportunity to find an angle here on his props. You got any particular lean uh, on Hopkins? Yeah. Yeah. I think the overs probably the right place. If you could tell me he was going to play 16 games, he's just one of those guys that gets hobbled a little bit. So like if he plays 16, he'll kill that number. If he plays 13, 14, you're probably sweating that thing out. At the end. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. He used, and it's funny, a couple of years ago, you know, he used to be just this fourth quarter garbage time, just juggernaut. So I had him, and it would be just nothing, nothing, nothing. And then he would wreck it in garbage time, which it all counts the same. So it didn't matter. I loved having him on my team, and I think I do like him better. Julio just. I, th- I don't know if he's just trading on his name alone at this point. Obviously, still a second round pick, I would think, but. I don't know if I'm completely sold on that I, offense. I that offensive he's a red scheme. Threat. Every yeah, year you he's do not. the same thing. You, like, oh, he's going to regress to the mean. He's going to regress to the mean. It's statistics, there's these things called outliers. Julio Jones is an outlier. Like, let, let's stop trying to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. He also. Yeah, has, I mean, uh, there's just a ton of stats. He doesn't. He doesn't get. He doesn't get the the red zone, nor the targets, nor the. I mean, he just doesn't make those catches. They try, they try to run those stupid fades to him, and that's just – it's not a good play design. You know why they run fades? Because he can't do anything else in the red zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, uh, Julio and Hopkins have pretty close to the same uh, prop receiving yards. I would think Hopkins, so. Hopkins is 
over under for touchdowns, nine and a half. You want to guess what uh, Julio's is, CJ? Like six and a half. Six. Six versus nine and a half for Hopkins. That, uh, that is uh, five and a half, six and a half. I should have gone in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, six. Uh, over under sitting at six. I'm the, there. Jesus. It's it's juice to the it's juice to the over. So if you like oh, under sure. six, you can get it at uh, plus one fifteen. The problem is five is just <coughs> but he's uh, uh, yeah, another yeah. he's another guy though that gets hurt a lot. So you might be able to get away with five. Yeah, Steve Sarkeesian calling the plays is uh, doesn't inspire any confidence. I, I think he's gonna be better this year. I, I, like, I think he'll be better. You like a bounce I, back I, year from Sark? I mean, is it really hard to do better than he did last year? No. <sighs> he's got yeah. He's got to be watching those four downs against the Eagles over and over, just wondering where life went wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Burned into his brain. <laughs> yeah. So oh, somehow, somehow Kyle Shanahan uh, in the Super Bowl was not the worst offensive coordinator in the past twenty four months. Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> what, uh, uh, what do you think, CJ, as far as strategy goes? If you're a find yourself in the bottom half of the draft, are you going wide receiver and trying to take a swing on Hopkins, or are you, uh, are you of the mindset that if you're playing season long, you need a bell cow running back to anchor your squad? You want the best available when it comes to you. Here's the problem if, if and this is something that I was doing early in jazz season as I was t- kind of loading up on, you know, Hunt and Gordon and Cook. And so, but those are like second tier backs. And it's like, if you're taking two of those guys, like the guys in the front end of the draft are going to find a second tier running back too. So now you're still behind the eight ball. Like you haven't really gained on the top picks anywhere. So I've been leaning towards taking two receivers. Like if Beckham and Hopkins fall to me at the turn, that's kind of the dream scenario these days. And like, yeah, there's definitely an issue with the lack of running backs in rounds four through six, but you know, there's enough players that over the course of the season will kind of develop into good roles that if you have those elite receivers, at least now you have something that those top end teams that have those elite backs don't have. Mm. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah, then you end up with like Royce Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that guy. You know, it, won't be, it won't be that bad. It'll be, it'll be like Jordan Howard, Jay Ajayi, Alex. Jay Ajayi is right in there. So I'm, I'm, and I, I am looking – I am looking here at some ADP stuff and obviously kind of a two-parter, I guess, you know, Gronk and Rogers pretty much hardcore locked in top tight end, top uh, quarterback. Don't say Rogers, please. Don't yeah. I mean, but I mean, well, yeah, I was going to ask like, do you agree with that? And then also what, what do you have right after those guys? And maybe you don't agree with that. And you, you think there's a, a quarterback that should be drafted higher. I mean, no, Rodgers and Gronk should be the top tight end and quarterback off the board. Just there is no quarterback that's really worth a top six round pick. There really oh, isn't. Oh, wow. Like, I'm right. Yeah, and Rodgers is in like the third round. They got him ADP'd. It, it's just absurd. Like if you're doing that. You're really just setting yourself so far back. Like the difference between Aaron Rodgers and like Drew Brees is not like eight rounds worth. And that's what, that's what you're looking at in terms of ADP these days. So just I, I you won't find me with Aaron Rodgers unless it's like the sixth, seventh round. And then it's, maybe I'll consider it. It's true. You can get Aaron Rodgers with what's the eight? Oh my God. These ADBs are crazy. He's uh Aaron Rodgers is going in the third round uh, on average. Uh, and if you hang in there till the eighth round, you're talking about a guy like Ben Roethlisberger, a guy like um, uh, Kirk cousins. cousins uh, Stafford yeah. Luck. Yeah. Jeez. Man. Wow. 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 Okay. All right. I'm writing that down. Yeah, I'd not, rather so have rumors seven rounds later. Okay, so yeah, don't even so think about a quarterback is, until after the sixth round. 
got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to quickly pull up. So, like, uh, you, know, you look at those uh, ESPN ADPs, right? It's kind of you can see those are kind of definitely influenced by your casual player. I'm actually pulling up real quickly um, the high stakes ADPs here, just from their online championship, which is a $350 buy-in um, with a 200k up top prize. You, you play against all the other leagues, and if I pull up Aaron Rodgers ADP. He's coming in at number 42 overall, but he will fall the sixth, in the fifth round in certain situations. Like the latest he's gone is pick 56. Um, so like in these leagues, and if I did something higher by in than that, so if I did like um, like a 14-team primetime, uh, which is like a $1,800 buy-in, and I pull up the Aaron Rodgers ADP, um, he, he goes a, a whole seven picks later. He's 49th overall, and the max pick on him, so like the latest he's gone – 72nd overall. Wow. Wow. So, so you can see as these buy-ins go high, you see people will are willing to wait on quarterback. Like if Aaron Rodgers is on the board at me at 72, I might consider that. Like that's about where he should go, just compared to like roster construction wise. And so for the for the casual fantasy player, uh the reason that this is the reason that the sharp action you see Rodgers dropping is just that that uh, the opportunity cost of taking a quarterback in round three is much, much higher than the difference between Rodgers and an, a replacement-level quarterback you could get in round six, seven, eight? 10, 11, 12, 14, 15. <laughs> I mean, you can yeah. wait on quarterback this year. Like I, I, I've seen uh, like a guy that I'm in love with who we'll talk about. Like I, Eli Manning. Like if Saquon's going to be a first rounder and Odell's going to be a first rounder and Evan Ingram's going to be a sixth rounder, Eli Manning has to not suck for all those things to be true. It's a fair point. That is fair. That's a fair now, point. Is Eli Manning going to not suck? That's a, that, that's a, that, that, that part of the conversation is a little different, but there's clearly upside there. I can't even find him on my sheetie so far down. I was just quiet because I'm he like, where the, where the hell, right now? Where the hell he, is he? He might he he might go undrafted in some leagues where you can oh yeah you can pick sure. him up or whatever. So yeah, uh, I'm sure. undrafted in a hundred leagues. I'm, I'm I'm pulling it up right now. So what's so the that, flip that side? That kind of leads me to the quarterback yeah. thing. Do you ever this? It really kind of spurred this. Do you ever get into one of those situations? You know the the run, just fill in the position run like tight end run quarterback run and it just, it freaks you out. Is it, you know, as somebody more experienced doing this all the time, is it, are you making a bad decision by falling into that and just be like, well, I need a tight end now. If there's a quarterback I run, like- normally, normally in like the top five rounds, normally I pop a bottle or something. That's how I handle that. Let's yeah. let's say you find yourself in a disadvantaged situation, though, where you happen to have underdrafted running back, and then there is a running back run of second string guys that go boom, boom, boom right ahead of you. Are you, you know, in rounds four, five, six of your draft, is your strategy really filling need at that point, or are you taking the best player available? And is a I run mean, influencing point, your thinking at all? So a lot of this is how is how like a draft board is read, and that's something at Arbor Pro we, we definitely talk about a ton. Is we have like these we, we break down boards live, and we talk about this a lot. A lot of it is based on like context, right? Because if you draft five receivers, you're not starting five receivers. So no matter how good those that fifth receiver is, it probably isn't doesn't make the most sense for your roster. Um, but you know, at that point, is one of the elite tight ends still there? Did did Travis Kelsey fall? Did Zach Ertz fall? Um, you know. But like at some point, sometimes you do have to just bite the bullet 
so like, you know, let's say you went uh, Beckham, Hopkins, Allen. Let's just say Allen failed you in the third round because those running backs started popping up, right? And then, you know, in round four, you're looking at you can either take a guy like Allen Robinson, Chris Hogan, or push up a guy like Rex Burkhead. At that point, probably have to pull up Rex Burkhead, but, you know. Okay, okay. That's a perfect answer. You could take the fourth. It it really depends on your context and, like, is that run going to stop? So, like, if you take the fourth receiver, are those running backs going to get back to you? Because if they're going to get back to you, why would you take them around earlier? So you have to figure out when the run's going to end. So, like, if, like, five guys behind you take, like, a running back and it comes back to you, right? Let's say you take a receiver and it comes back to you and the five teams prior to you just took a running back, are they really going to take another running back or can you get them on the way back? That You raise a really good point there, too. How I, I, I don't know how many people, when they're doing their draft, are closely monitoring everyone else's draft. Like, I feel like you can, you can gain an advantage when you are looking at, will they get back to me? When you look at the people between you and them or you and your next pick, and you can see, you know, what their roster construction is looking like, especially mid to late rounds where, oh, shit, there's a bunch of people that, you know, between me and there that are going to be wide receiver heavy. They need some running backs, too. This could be a problem. Right. And then that's the point. Maybe you would take the running back or, you know, but it's like there's a spot where you're like, oh, you know, these in the 10th round, like the three guys behind me already have their a quarterback. Like, I'll just wait until the 11th round to grab a quarterback because odds are like one of the top two guys on my list is going to make it back to me. And I'll and, take a, another dart at what other whatever player you have at that point. OK, so in terms of strategy, is it a disadvantage to be one or 10 in a 10 team snake where you can't like use that to your personally. advantage? You like being at the end better because I'm thinking, like I'm trying to think like if I'm like, if I'm pick three, if I get first pick overall, oh, I'm going to be third. I want the third pick. Now, now I have the opportunity every time, you know, it comes around. I know that one and two, I know exactly what their needs are and what they're likely going to fill. So I can make a pick that tries to corner a specific position before they get to their needs. And then I can expect somebody to fall out of the backside. Like the you, you'd rather be at the end. Work. Like that doesn't always work. Right. So that actually happened to us. Um, my partner, uh, uh, Derek Pearson, uh, who was my partner in the site too. Um, this happened to us in the 15 K baseball draft. So we had Xander Bogarts in the end of the fourth round as our top player on our board, but the guys in front of us, we had the third pick. Like we, we knew, we knew the guy in the one spot hated Xander Bogarts. So we knew he was a non-threat and the guy who picked second had already taken Trey Turner. And we went, great he'll get back to us no problem and we took i don't remember who we took but we took someone else and you know no problem comes all like first time through passes no problem comes back and we're basically popping the champagne that we're gonna get xander in the fifth and then the guy takes xander and we're just like (laughs) what What happened (laughs) we didn't have a plan b so like you have to have a plan b if you're gonna do that um and like that was a draft that we've been prepared for for months and so, like, and we got caught. So, did they like, do that just to spite you? <laughs> no, I mean, he used him as a middle infielder, but like, it really hurt because, like, we had him as a top 30 player on our board and mm. we should have just taken him. But we just, we, we tried to get greedy in those expert leagues. Like, any little bit of value you can get is just so big. And we're like, if we can get Xander in the fifth instead of the fourth and just add another guy, like, we're going to crush. And that just didn't work out. And of course, now Xander's going to put up 100 RBIs, bat three. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing exactly what we thought he was going to do too but that's the name of the game so like you have to have a plan b if you don't have a plan b just take the best player 
Okay, so so what's the advantage then of being at the end and getting back to back picks? Because because if two va- like if if guys that you're just like oh these guys shouldn't be here, you actually get to take two of them. Okay, I got you. So basically, you're saying okay, I'm in a draft with a bunch of people who don't know what they're doing, and I'm going to scoop back to back. Or it's just they have a different opinion on players too. It's not always just like these guys are idiots. Just like they might have a different opinion on a player than you. So like. You know, like I, I'm higher on like Christian McCaffrey than most people are. Like I have him as a late first rounder, um, although his ADP is starting to rise to that point lately. I was going to ask you about that. You really, that you really, couldn't, you okay. really couldn't just have a bad preseason again like last year. You really had to go out there and put up a big preseason run. Really? You had to? <laughs> I, I didn't have enough Christian McCaffrey second round shares yet, and I was just really just bummed out that I just – didn't get those value in best balls. But that's the best part about best balls is you could just lock in like these guys value or in the off season where like, Oh, he's going in the second round or third round in the off season. And then by like high stakes time, he could be going in the first round. It's like, well, at least I have all these third round shares. Interesting. And I don't do any managing on them. Who's a, who's a first round or second round pick that you are completely avoiding? Alvin Kamara. Oh, wow. Why? Uh, just his yards per touch is just completely, it's going to regress. Okay. Yeah, you don't all, the 60 yard, you, all the 60 yard screen passes aren't going to happen again then. No, you don't, you don't, think, <laughs> you don't think there's going to be some balance about his usage going up with the regression to yards per touch. I just don't think his usage is going up. Oh. I just don't, I just don't think that's the saints way. This is a guy, this is a coaching staff that played Tim Hightower snaps instead of giving Mark Ingram more work. Like this coaching staff has consistently decided that they want to have two or three backs rotating through. Like they're not just going to change it because Mark Ingram's out for four games. You know, we've already, we've already heard word about how good Jonathan Williams is going to be. So like, I just don't think that this world where Alvin Kamara is going to touch the ball 25 to 30 times a game is a reality. I can, uh, I can completely see that. And I would even say that last year during the playoffs and really during the stretch run, uh, it felt like Kamara was on weak legs. Uh, and if I was, you know, if I was, uh, kind of trying to manage my workload for my guy that I want to be, you know, at a hundred percent in January, I would, uh, yeah, I would go light on, <laughs> I would go light on Kamara. That's fantastic. Okay. Interesting insight. And, I, and it's, it's like CJ said there too, you got to feel like some of the hype as far as his ADP is that, oh man, those first four games, he's going to get like a hundred touches. So yeah, I better take him like seventh or eighth and it, it he's going might, higher than yeah, guys. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he, going six. He's going yeah, like six. six yeah, yeah. It's silly. It's just yeah. like, if you take if you take him over Antonio Brown, that might yeah. turn into a problem. It is a problem, in my opinion. I mean, I'm not gonna be, like no no one's gonna get a hundred percent of these things right, right? No matter like how much you try. Like you guys know this, you're betting guys. But like all you can kind of do is just. <laughs> what do you it, mean? <laughs> I would like you to try to get a hundred percent right for this podcast, though, because <laughs> right on this podcast. Can we like get it nominated for the podcast Hall of Fame, please? Oh, oh yeah, yes, of course. So speaking of getting hundred percent right on this podcast, I've seen very various takes on this guy that I wanted to bring up with you to get your take on. Um, one Mr. Uh, sophomore entering his Peyton sophomore Barber. season, Mr. Leonard Fournette, um, the Jacksonville oh, Jaguars. Uh, what 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 do we expect out of out of Fournette this year? Is he going to be used as the bell cow? Uh, are we going to see an increase or a decrease? Or you know, I could see it going so many different ways. I need some help sorting this out. God, I lost so much prop bet last money last year on. Uh... McCaffrey versus Fournette EPR points. Well, I guess it wasn't that much, but it was it was just annoying. Like it's just a bet I never should have lost. 
stupid offensive coordinator. <laughs> the uh, which uh, one? Which one? Shula in Carolina or Shula? Uh, yeah. And the funny thing is, people warned me like Shula's this bad. I was like, Shula can't possibly be this bad. And then Shula is like literally the whole reason that uh, it came down to like. 15 or 20 PPR points in the end too. It was that stupid 90 yard, two yard run against uh, Pittsburgh in week three. That was the difference. Um, oh, that was awful. That was awful. That cost me. That was, that might've been Meaning, the most completely meaningless. Run play too. My, it might've been the most DFS, expensive DFS play in my history. Oh, me. wow. Like, that might've been the most expensive play. Cause he was very popular that week too. And I was just like, you're up three scores. What is he even doing in the game? This guy is – I'm literally like – I would, I don't root for injuries, but like I literally was like, someone please just twist his ankle at the two-yard line. Pull a handy. Twist the yeah, ankle. Seriously. Like, teach him a lesson. Like, this guy has had so many ankle injuries. He needed, he needed to get booby mild. <sighs> Well, he's a guy. He's a guy that is. He is a guy that has a huge red flag as far as injury risk goes. But at the same time, he's a young guy. He didn't play all sixteen games last year. There's an expectation that he's going to do better this year. He's his, not going to play sixteen games in any season he plays. Just, just take that out. His injury flag. I, I cannot project him for more than four. <laughs> okay, I, I, I well, think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're projecting him for sixteen. Well, does he does he eclipse eleven hundred and fifty yards even with fourteen uh, weeks playing? That all just depends how much Corey Grant actually plays. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I mean, he, 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 when the Patriots were playing the Jaguars last year in the AFC title game, he was the player on the field I was most scared of. And when they stopped touching him the ball, I would just kept getting really excited. Like, thank you, Jaguars. He's the whole reason you had this lead in the first half and you got completely away from it in the second half. I, I, I think like, like that should probably be more of a timeshare thing to keep Fournette fresh. But – I just, I just don't think the Jaguars are going to be this good, as good this year as people think. Well, we got mm. into this a little bit earlier in our conversation, and I, I, I just, I don't understand why people think that like the Jaguars' defense is just going to be as good as it was last year. Like that was an epically good defense. There is not the same defense has not been the number one scoring fantasy defense in like a decade. So like, why is everyone just assuming that the Jaguars just like immediately are going to be the best defense no matter what? Like that is so far from a given. Personnel wise, they like, are absolutely stacked. <laughs> That's for sure. There's not, there's not these like there's no gimme road games here. Like at the Giants, yeah, the, at the schedule game. is much, much different this year. It's much harder than people think. Like I'm looking through like there's yeah. one gimme in the first eight weeks, which is the Jets at home. Like at kids at Arrowhead, at Dallas, Eagles yeah, coming home. Tough games. Or the, the Eagles game in London. Like, you know, at Colts, at Bills, at Titans, at Te- there's not like they could go 0 and 8 on the road. I mean, they're not going to, but like the only road game that I think that like they're these massive favorites in is, well, I guess they're probably massive favorites against the Dolphins too, but like they're not going to be massive favorites going into Tennessee or Houston or Dallas or KC. And everyone's just acting like they're going to have all this positive game script. And I- I'm not so sure. Mm, interesting. Ooh, it's an interesting take. You're yeah. challenging a lot of my preconceptions about <laughs> that. That's, that's honestly that is yeah. what I do. Like I challenge, I challenge the the like. Are we sh- like? I actually just wrote an article for the site too called "Are We Sure the Consensus Is Right?" And it's like five spots in week one where I, I just like everyone is like made up their minds. Like we don't know anything. Like we have seen zero seconds of NFL football in 2018 that matters, and we are making all these grandiose statements like we know everything. 
by week four, we're going to look back and go, what the hell were we thinking? Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Um, okay. You got, uh, you know, you're talking, talking injuries, injury risk, how you can't project a guy out for playing a full season. And I've been looking at a couple names and it got me thinking, and I feel like I know the answer to this as far as not having, you can't have a broad statement about this in general. I feel like it probably is going to be case by case, but people coming off a big injury, like the Allen Robinson, Delvin Cook, Watson, Wentz, you know, anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to throw Tannehill in there. I don't know if we should talk about him as a fantasy quarterback, but you know, there, there are some other guys. Adelman, Dalvin I guess, Cook is too. a great, Dalvin yeah, Cook is a great like, that's a good, yeah, because he's, yeah, he's, he's in the top second, 15 He's right a second now. round, yeah. So, I mean, d- does that scare you off? Do you have a general rule about that, or do you just got to take it case by case? It's case by case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. The, um, it still just it still just scares me. Are you, and then the one time when I got I got scared, like I skipped over AP the year that like I was scared of his knee when he came back, and that was a super good idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the uh, like you said with uh, Dalvin Cook when we did our Minnesota preview, Andy, uh, <laughs> last uh, last Vikings running back to come off an ACL. Uh, put put Dalvin Cook ceiling around two thousand yards, something like that. No, not going to go under twenty two hundred. Okay. Um, well, what about a guy who's getting up there in years? Uh, do you have just sort of a general um, kind of risk tolerance issue at all with running backs who cross the threshold or wide receivers who cross the threshold age wise? Because I'm probably not going to end up with a guy like Lashawn McCoy on my team for legal reasons, but beyond just that age reasons, uh, feels like he's a candidate for regression. Um, a guy like you know, Larry Fitzgerald, I'm not exactly sure. I understand why he's in the top 30 right now or top 40 even, um, you know, is, is there is age factor at all in some of your decision-making as you're populating a roster and, and trying to kind of manage your risk? I mean, it just depends on where they're going. So like if McCoy and Fitz were going in the second round, I wouldn't have any, but you know, I, people might've, People might sometimes get over age scared, like, oh, McCoy might get old. He might regress. Let's drop him two and a half, three rounds. And it's like, well, we're drafting him now in the world where Kenyon Drake is going. Like Kenyon Drake has got 19,000 things that could go wrong. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Derek Henry has never done it. Like those are the guys that I've seen go above him recently. And I'm like, look, I get it. Like there's off the field issues. But those don't look like they're going to be resolved anytime soon. We haven't heard anything from the NFL. Otherwise, Buffalo hasn't signed a veteran running back. Like, there's no one on the roster that's going to steal carries for him. Like, he's kind of the guy, no matter whether you like him or not. And if he's going to go in the fourth, fifth round, like, he's probably ended up with my teams. (laughs) Interesting. What about a guy like A.J. Green, though? Is he getting up there too old for you? I just – I'm never – I don't think I've ever rostered A.J. Green. I don't think I've, I've like ever rostered him in his career. Like Andy <laughs> Dalton, just like I, I don't think you could draft anyone in the first two rounds that has Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Uh, okay, so let me uh, let me kind of move down the list here a little bit and ask you about a couple guys that I'm like, wow, shouldn't they be higher? Um, one of the guys, and I know he's got crazy buzz right now because of the week two preseason game, uh, and just in general is is we is preseason. Um, is preseason buzz something you look at as a market inefficiency you try to fade, or is there some smoke where there's fire? And I'll start with uh, uh, Mr. Tyreek Hill. 
any reason that this guy's only number you know, is, is going what, like the 10th wide receiver off the board. Uh, what he did in the preseason week two was otherworldly. And I don't see why that doesn't happen another, you know, five, six times this season. I agree with you, but the buzz has probably gotten him to the point where I'm probably out on him. Just because he's in your like in it's something like best ball where like your roster like you just get the optimal score no matter what, he's a phenomenal pick. Like I would take him in the second round because I'm gonna get every one of those good weeks. But like Tyreek Hill also has lots of busts, you know. And you're playing against one guy in a head to head, you know those low scoring weeks from Tyreek Hill can hurt you at some point. So, you know, second round's probably a little too rich for my blood. But I do believe he's gonna have like five or six of those bombs. <laughs> I, I don't know which one you're looking at, Whale, but I have a guy higher than Tyreek Hill that I can't decide if he's too high or too low in T.Y. Hilton just because, that's, yeah, it, it seems like that, this is a guy that has had a, a handful of thousand-yard seasons. He's had a couple over 1,300. I'm, I got, I'm pulling it up right now. Yeah, he's he, had led two, the, he led the league in receiving yards not that yeah, long ago. He had 1,400 yards two years ago. Only six touchdowns, but that's still a pretty swell year. And he's getting his quarterback back. And I think Lutz looked all right. He could be – I mean, I don't know if I'm going way out on a limb, but he could be a top five receiver if all things go right. And he's going, you know, third round. He's higher than that now. He started to rise. He's he started to rise? He, it, yeah, he's a guy that – Right like, at the beginning of the third round, I guess, is where he's at now. Yeah, it, it, I'm just – I'm pulling up some of the boards. and He started to rise into the into the late second round in, in these high-stakes competitions. Um, he was a guy that earlier in the, in the offseason, he was going in the fourth round. It was just phenomenal value. Um, but, yeah, he's now starting to come off of a board wide receiver seven and eight. Probably a little still too low, but it's getting well, it's getting to the point where it's about right. Well, it's like so you just you, talked about AJ Green. I got the one I'm looking at is AJ Green a couple spots ahead of him. I think yeah, that I would be I, no, that no would be way. silly. No way. For me, no way. So, no way. So if you're in the third slot in the draft and the best of three what running backs falls to you, say Zeke Elliott, and then it comes back around and you're trying to take your wide receiver one at the end of the second round, are you considering T. Y. Hilton? Yes. Mm, wow. Probably a target. I'd rather have him than Mike, you know, Mike Evans. I, I, I don't know yeah, if I can talk highly about that offense. Mike oh, Evans yeah. has Mike Evans has uh Fitz magic throwing to him for three weeks, right? Yes, that's true. Chris Godwin is going to eat a lot more targets than you think too. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's keep, let's keep moving down. And I'm curious of, of, of some of these other, uh, players. Um, Zach Ertz, you mentioned, uh, the third tight end. Really? Really? Uh, I know, I know he has chemistry with Wentz, uh, but I see a guy like Jimmy Graham going a full, you know, two rounds later than him. And I'm kind of like, you know, this is a lotto ticket right here. Like Jilly, Jimmy Graham develops a little bit of chemistry with Aaron Rodgers. He is going to produce massive dividends from your tight end position. Uh, is can you throw a little cold water on me on the Jimmy Graham? Uh, Jimmy old, Graham heat. He's broken. Like he breaks down often, and he's really not going to do a whole lot in between the twenties. He's going to kind of be a red zone guy. Interesting. Uh, which is probably fine in rounds five and six, six seven. I see him going as late as the eighth, but I certainly wouldn't rank him above Earth, who's just a beast at all segments of the field. So, so, so what is your tight end strategy? Uh, at least the way that the current ADP stacks up for, you know, for, for a standard league. 
I'm happy if, if Gronk falls to me in the third round, perfectly happy with that. If Kelsey falls to me in the fourth, I'm perfectly happy with that. Those are pretty pipe dreams. They do happen once in a while. Uh, after that, though, I'm probably going to end up in the Jimmy Graham if he falls, Jordan Reed, Trey Burton category of the world. And I'm probably going to end up with one of those on my roster. Ooh, Trey Burton is a guy that I'd circled to talk about later as a deep sleeper. Um, He's what's not the right a deep sleeper anymore. Sorry, buddy. What's, yeah, no, what's, dude, people what's, know that name now. What's the right round for Trey Burton? Round seven, eight? That's about where I, I think his ADP is going to end up. You can probably, in your local leagues where people probably aren't paying quite as much attention, you can probably still get him at 9 10. Interesting. But like early in the offseason in best balls, he was going like in the 14th round, and I literally just could not stop drafting him. Like, <laughs> it just be like 10 to 12 drafts a day. Like, until someone, please, someone just move Trey Burton like into the top 100 so I can stop doing these. Please. That's so great. I mean, in the in the current ESPN ADP, he's still 110. <laughs> I mean, he's going after Stephen Guskowski. He's going after a kicker. <laughs> Unbelievable. Not even the best kicker. This is Greg Zerline and Stephen Guskowski <laughs> going for Unfucking believable. Uh, Ronald Jones the second. Do, do not touch him. Don't I, touch I'm him. Seeing him. I'm seeing him in the same breath as like Deion Lewis and. I mean, Rex Burkhead. Yeah. I don't love I that. Someone whose ADP has just free fallen, free fall. Like he, he, he's not going anywhere near that high now. Okay, can you throw a little cold water on me? You did a good job cooling me off on Jimmy Graham. I'm going to stay away. Uh, I have. I would say stay down. away. Just like he's just not better than Hurts. Like, no, I'll just. If I'll you just get cool, him at seven I'm eight, gonna, like, I'm just going to cool my jets and, and and angle for Burton in round eight. Um, let me let me let me ask you about a running back that I have targeted in the fifth round and a wide receiver in the fourth and fifth round kind of kind of conversation. Um, a guy that I think ought to be higher, and I don't understand why he's not for a wide receiver, Marvin Jones Jr. Uh, he to me stood out consistently last year. Um, Stafford, I think, is going to have to ball his ass off this year if he's going to keep the Lions in games. Uh, they have a schedule that I think affords them the opportunity. Uh, to be, you know, to be a successful duo. Um, how high is too high for Marvin Jones Jr.? Or am I nuts for thinking he's a fourth round guy? Probably a little nuts. Uh, Kenny Galladay is probably going to play the two wide sets over Tate this year. They're probably just going to slide Tate in the slot exclusively. And, Slate, and Tate's mostly effective in the slot. So I actually think Tate could like eat some of Marvin Jones. And Kenny Gall- Galladay is a freak. If you just haven't watched his YouTube videos, take a couple minutes and do it. And you'll see really quickly that like he's kind of a better version of Marvin Jones on the other side. He's got more talent. Wow. You're kidding. I mean, and what about Galladay? How do you feel about him this year? Cause I've him. seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of buzz on that guy and I've watched some, I've watched some film on that too. It could, it could be a quietly really good passing offense up there in Detroit. I feel like this is making Pardon me any, uh, more prepared to actually handicap the season. You know, hearing yeah, should we should we take numbers. Stafford now? Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I just got sold a draft Stafford in like the twelfth. <laughs> we don't want to talk about anything that. that's not Andrew Luck in the third, and you're doing fine. <laughs> okay, so uh, the other sleeper I wanted to bring up question mark for you is Alex Collins. Uh, I have him circled as a running back. I'm trying to capture in the fourth or fifth round from Baltimore. You got Marshall Yonda back on that line. I think the Baltimore offense is going to be a little bit better because I like the focus that uh, Joe Flacco has put into his offseason preparation. Uh, their schedule is a little tough, so there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be some, 
you know, some bumps there, but for a guy to be what he's like the 20th, uh, ish running back or 15th ish running back. Is he a good RB two to target in round four or five? My problem is I just worry about like his role in the passing game. Like it just mm. really is non-existent. And you mentioned that Baltimore, just the game flows in those games aren't necessarily going to be the world's best. I do like the fact that he's not playing the preseason yet. Like normally that's kind of reserved for like your stud guy. I didn't think he'd get that treatment. It's interesting to see that he's gotten it. Um, I, I think that would definitely kind of be a point in his favor, but I just don't think he's a guy that's going to end up on money. It's possible. Like, if I go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, and he's the best option late in the fourth, probably hold my nose and just do it and then probably double up with another guy that doesn't make me want to cry. Um, but I'm, just, I'm not an Alex Collins fan, but wouldn't say that I don't hate him at end of the fourth, early fifth. Interesting. So if I am uh, if I got Zeke and I got T.Y. Hilton and I got Gronk in my first three picks, uh, yeah, and then I'm, I'm, I'm circling in on running back two or wide receiver two. Uh, am I looking for a guy like Collins? Am I taking him over a guy like JJ? Am I taking him over Royce Freeman and uh, Kenyon Drake? I would not take him over a Jai. I probably would. I would not take him over Drake. I would probably take him over the other two. Okay, interesting. Would I take a guy like uh, Collins or Jai over a wide receiver like Allen Robinson or uh, Doug Baldwin? If Doug Baldwin's there, you're definitely taking Doug Baldwin. Uh, uh, no, uh, I just. I know that Seattle offense is a mess, and I'm so down on him this year. But like, it's a he's going to get so many targets, though. So Even if the I mean, with, with Grandon, he's going to get a lot of targets. We've seen so many bad players like be fantasy relevant. Like, I just don't think that I can just let like if it's late in the fourth round and Doug Baldwin's still on the board, I, I just don't see myself passing. Right, got wrong, it. and different, probably just not going to pass. Got it, got it, got it. Who do you think uh, puts up the better fantasy stats between Thielen and Diggs? Diggs, not close. Ooh, Andy, are you agree with that as a Vikings guy? Uh, I mean, Diggs. I think Diggs big play potential. He's probably gonna. He's probably. I I will agree with that. Ooh, I'm just and it's funny. Like I haven't even logged into my fantasy, my big fantasy league yet, and they've got some. They've got I just logged in while you guys are talking, and they've got some polls up, and I want. They are wanting to eliminate the defense position and add a tight end. We we don't run a tight end in that one. It's just receivers oh, or tight ends. You can get rid of the defense. So, you do it. Yeah, no, and the vote. I mean, it, it's failed. Nobody wanted it. It got what? it got outvoted already. It's eight. To, there's twelve people. And one hasn't, but it's eight to three. And no, like I I would be all about that. I, and Did I was going to ask you to answer at least. Yeah, no, we have always been. You can play three. You can play three tight ends if you want. It's, oh, it's wide receiver or tight end. Wide receiver or tight end. Yep. Just any Brock, any receiver. Brock always goes too low in that format. If you oh, yeah. if you have a similar format, he always goes too low. Interesting. PPR PPR pass though. I guess we're a PPR league now. I guess I need to change <laughs> a few things. <laughs> I can't believe we passed PP. We passed PPR, but not getting rid of the defense. You, know, you don't get past receptions on the defense. Ah. You're gonna have to come back and listen to the podcast now for all those PPR takes. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so let's let me ask you one more strategy question, and then uh, I'll just kind of open the floor for you to kind of uh, give us some thoughts on sleepers and guys we haven't mentioned that are down on the board that you think are going to make a difference for a team this year. Uh, strategy wise, um, are you? Uh, 
looking to um, stash away any guys that you think have high upside who are going to be missing for injuries or suspensions early in the season or just completely let somebody else, let that be someone else's headache? Uh, actually, I had a buddy text me the other day that uh, Julian Edelman, in not like a high-stakes league, but like in a mid-stakes league, uh, like $150 buy-in, uh, Edelman fell to him in the 10th round. He's like, did he miss something? And I was like, well, no. In the 10th round, I'm taking Julian Edelman too, and I'm celebrating doing it. So it's all price-based, but like I, I've been drafting Ingram late in the fourth, um, but that's a lot of that is my, my dislike for Alvin Kamara. Um, I'm kind of setting the market on him. Uh, he, I have him abnormally high percentage of my teams. So I, I'm Got willing it. to take a chance on those two, but I, it really is all price-based. Everything is price-based. Like I, I'll take the player I hate the most if he falls hard enough. Interesting. So suspension guys, you'll, you're, you're still down for, are there any injury guys that you're just like, nah, nah, your problem. Yeah, what do we think about? Yeah. Sony Michelle's uh, knee. Uh, see, I, I, if he keeps like if he falls in around seven or eight, I'll, I'll snag him there. Like once you get past the first five rounds, it's a whole lot of lottery tickets. It's a yeah. whole lot of lottery tickets, and I just want to get as many lottery tickets at the skill positions as I can. And I'll make tight end and quarterback work. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, it looks la- like I have the third pick, so now like I'm pumped after all this talk. Like, just yeah, the decision so- is made for me. Yes. Andy, will you be drafting Marquise Goodwin in round seven? <laughs> Seems a touch high. Is that where he's ADP'd out? Yeah, about about 70-ish. He's been going in the oh, fifth so. round in high stakes stuff, for what it's worth. Ooh. Oh, see, these are the nuggets we needed, CJ. See, it's fun. Like uh, I, I like to always, you know, I like to bullshit with people before the draft, get to get to feel what people people sometimes are a little tight lipped, but there's always and you know you get to know your league, and we've got one guy. You gotta have just, the decoy guy. You gotta, you gotta have, have the decoy guy. decoy guy. You gotta have some guy you say you're real high on, and then you don't draft. But we've I got a couple you guys. Baseball really season, how many times I would start a conversation about Acuna, knowing full well that there was no way that Acuna was ever going to end up <laughs> on one of my rosters. But I wanted to drag that. The, 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 the guys just love them. I was just like, I'm going to let that ADP get as high as they want. I was going to bring up the conversation, let them start talking about him, and maybe, you know, in the extra round early, you're like, you know what? He might not get back to me. So I oh, definitely have a so guy. Funny. I always have a guy that I was like, I will not take, but I'll gladly start the conversation with him. Oh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, is there anyone on the Jets that's worth rostering? <laughs> Defense. Crickets. 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 Yeah, it looks I like guess that. Robbie Anderson, if like the ninth, tenth is fine. But and t- prior as like your, if you have a deep league at the very end, not the worst dart throw I've seen. I like Darnold. Okay. Darnold in dynasty. Okay, so in the in the vein of uh, Kenny Galladay, any other guys that we got to have circled to take uh, take a couple lot of tickets on once we get past round ten. Yeah, so we, got like, our, we got our we got our starting we got our starting roster is solidified. Now we're just trying to hit some hit some home hit some home runs. So if you have a deep bench, like so, if you just have a bunch of bench spots, I'll be ending up with Chase Edmonds and John Kelly on just about every team. Those are the unequivocal backups to David Johnson and Todd Gurley. Like if you could grab them in round 17, 18, and then like one of those guys gets hurt for four weeks, now you have like a bona fide top six round guy for those four weeks. So that. 
the, the deep bench leagues, those are the guys I'm, I'm definitely just consistently targeting. Um, but if you if your bench is a little shorter, uh, some guys I do like Michael Gallup uh, for Dallas. I think he's going to have to catch balls because really there's no one else left. Uh, let's see, just scroll through this board real quick. Uh, I mentioned um, Chris Godwin earlier. I do like him. Rashard Matthews has just free fallen down draft boards because he hadn't been playing in, in, in training camp, but everyone just assumed he was hurt. And then the Titans just committed an extra $8 million to him. So that ADP is going to rise. So if you have a draft soon, like I would grab him now because that price is only going to rise again. Like he was going in the ninth, 10th rounds a couple months ago. And now he's like around 16. That won't last very long. Yeah. How about John Brown from Balto? I just don't trust Flacco and Lamar Jackson's going to strike this. Yeah. Balto. If Lamar Jackson is forced to play, they're in trouble. Interesting. That arm strength. Antonio, Antonio Callaway. I just trusting the Browns. Deep, deep Brown sleeper. Well, I mean, well, forget I, about. I would just forget about take the... a guy like Taiwan Taylor, or a guy like John Ross, or a guy like Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams on the Chargers, an offense that I think is going underdrafted. Um, I got to figure out who that tight end is going to be because they're going to crush, but I don't think there's any indication on who that is yet. Nope. Um, interesting. Actually, I was scrolling through this draft board and Terrell Pryor starting to get drafted in these, in these three fifties. I hadn't noticed that. Hmm. I need to get into a couple more real quick. So I can snag up late before he starts to rise. Have you seen uh, this, uh, this tight end from Atlanta, Austin Hooper start to pop? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he like the guy that everyone overdrafts for like a month? I will say though on the uh, on the Browns, I do like Ninjuku. That guy's a beast. Mm. And we just now you're talking. Now you're talking. Now you're speaking my language. What last week? I think we talked about him a little. Yeah. Yeah. If if, if you can find some Ninjuku uh, touchdown props, I would take the over. Ooh, I'm gonna look for those. Um, (laughs) Good stuff, man. (laughs) Uh, Any kind of closing thoughts on kind of I don't know. Strat. I guess. I guess. It, let's say you just play. What, what by do people your, fuck up the most? Like, what, yeah, what is right. the casual quarterback screw up? The quarterbacks and defense is too early. Like taking extra wide receiver and wide receivers and running backs is never going to hurt you. Like in those middle rounds, where you're like, oh, I could just fill out the rest of my roster. No, just take an ugly looking running back. Just because you never know, like the starter gets hurt, and voila, you've got a starter. Uh, are you most? Oh, do not draft atten- nines, by the way. Do not draft Nines. He is awful. Or or uh, Ninon Hines. He's so bad. Okay. Okay. He's uh what awful. If- <laughs> I've never he should not make the 53 man roster for the Colts. He's that bad. Ooh, wow. That's a good tactic. Uh what uh if you're if so strategy wise, if you're in a 10 team league, are you the tenth guy drafting a quarterback? Not necessarily. Like if, if the rest of my league is trying to like let him like a lot of these leagues, we can def- we start getting some games of chicken at quarterback, and like quarterbacks will just like free fall to the point where you're just like this is downright absurd, but you just keep playing chicken, and eventually like someone's just like screw it, I'm gonna take Andrew Luck in round eleven. Like that happened the other night, and it was like right, thankfully like right before I was like I was picking right after it, so I could just continue that quarterback. Like catching the front end of a run is good, catching the back end of a run is bad. And so, like, I took, uh, I took like Drew Brees, like right after that in the eleventh, and I'm like, all these other quarterbacks that were way worse than Drew Brees immediately went off the board. 
<laughs> so like that, that definitely happens in these kind of like I call it expert leagues. I call they're really just national competition leagues uh, where like people will play chicken on quarterback. So like there are times where I'll take this second or third quarterback, like if they just free fall. But normally I'm I'm probably ending up on Stafford or Jimmy G or Philip Rivers or whoever. Okay, I like that. So. I, this is this last question is pretty dumb, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. <laughs> what uh, what, are you, what are you doing at, at defense? Uh, I know it's pretty meaningless. I know it's like rolling dice and throwing yards or whatever. Uh, you're playing matchups, okay? Yeah. Okay. I just never taking a defense early enough. Like defensive kicker, probably like my last two picks every time. Okay, I like it. I'm not taking the Jags like in like the tenth round. Someone did that in the 350. I, I'm staring at this board like. That's who awful. did that? <laughs> who are you? What did you do? Yeah, I don't. This is like someone paid three hundred fifty dollars to do that. So I like it. Is that is that like, like I like streaming defense? It's just something to do too. Like oh, I got to find my defense for the week. And there's always a terrible quarterback you can pick on. Great oh, point. Yeah. Great point. I'm surprised the Chargers' defense is like the tenth ish drafted. What's up with that? Yeah, that that's too low. Like in in again these. Uh, I call them expert leagues in these higher stake leagues. He is, they are the fifth defense off the board, which that seems actually right might me. might even be a smidge low. I probably would even take them over a couple that went ahead of them. Oh, I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, fifth. Yeah. I, I would take them over a couple of these. After like the Vikings, after the Rams, after the Jags, and after me. Yeah, I actually would probably take them above the Vikings. Interesting, because they can score with the strip sacks off of uh, Just a uh lot of, a lot of bad offensive lines in that division. Oh, good point. Good point. Good stuff, man. Um, well, I'm, I feel like I'm ready to go. That's pretty funny that and this Andy is like ended the first time in a while. I've like, I've like taken notes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh no. You should see my sheet right now. I have it scribbled and and in uh, from top to bottom. Being that this is a gambling pod, uh, are there any uh, player props that are kind of in conjunction with uh, your takes on fantasy, or do you like? Um, Let's say you're heavily invested in Christian McCaffrey across all of your uh, across all of your season long investments. Uh, are you taking out insurance against him in the prop market, uh, in or or any kind of thinking like that? Nah, I, I'm, nah. Be, I'm not a hedge guy. Let it ride. Hedging <laughs> is for uh, well, not me. <laughs> I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll keep it polite and say that. I like it. Uh, are there any props that you have your eye on or that you're waiting for or uh, you want to talk about before we wrap this? Did you find a Juku touchdown prop? No. I could not. I checked I a couldn't couple either. Books, I really wanted yet. to find yeah. one, but I can't Oh, find man. One. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see if there's a guy that I just really like that I'm really that curious. That would be sick. Uh... The, bo- the books are uh, the books are with you on Kamara under rushing yards. They're only hanging him at 900 rushing yards. They got his receiving at about 755. So they're looking for about 1500 all purpose. But well, only I mean, let's, let's, yeah, let's talk McCaffrey rushing yards, 625 and a half juice 40 to the over. It's only 625. So what the hell is that? That's like uh 50 a week. No. Yeah. 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 Is that right? Yeah, <laughs> they're expecting. And and if you, oh, and I, if you I, I got a calculator in front of me, what'd you say it was? 625 and a half. It's 39 a week. That is way too low. Way too low. <laughs> I mean, it's juice 140 to the over, but it doesn't matter. It's still, it's it's still not very much. Yeah. He could break that. He could have that like in the first 10 weeks. 
This is now, that's average sixty two a game. That's even averaging that much. Stone Cold Lock of the Century. I oh I no, just don't say that. I happened to scroll <laughs> upon that one, and you'd been talking about him. No, it, I do like that one a lot. Touchdowns are set at seven and a half, but yeah, I mean, you look at some of these other running backs. I mean, Zeke's like almost fourteen hundred. Cream Hunt, Cream Hunt is eleven hundred. Barkley eleven hundred. I mean, I don't unless they expect so many of the touches to be in the the screen and passing game, but that does seem low. I will. I mean, uh, it would be antithetical to her. what to what Norv Turner has said it out loud in press conferences a dozen times this offseason. He's talked repeated at length about getting uh, about getting McCaffrey touches in the running game. Yeah, yeah I just I just bet that. <laughs> <laughs> how about uh, uh, how about a guy? Um, anyone else that we talked about at length that you see uh, props on that you want to bring up, Andy? Um, did you see how did you see T.Y. Hilton's yardage over got absolutely hammered? Uh, it's 1050 for T.Y. Hilton yards, and the over yeah, got yeah, bet yeah, up yeah. to minus 195. They open all these, by the way, they open all these at minus 120, minus 120 on either side, uh, and then they just kind of adjust for action. So that, that yeah, one, they just index so much serious stocks. money. Um, it's it's almost up to about minus two hundred. Although What's you can, the Mike Evans yardage prop. Uh, Who's that? Mark, Mike Evans is one ten ten ninety nine, and, uh, and it's I like e- the under there. Even juice, even juice on the under. Yeah, well, minus yeah, minus one twenty on either sides. Either side. Yeah, yeah. So oh, basically, yeah. basically, they aren't taking much action on that. Um, I, I do like the under there. So that's a good amount. Good luck. They've I'm taken these down now. If we keep doing this for a while, it's just like I can remember to get up, get, <laughs> well, get up in. Two other ones I want to ask you about. One is uh, Brandon Cooks. Uh, I know you're a Patriots guy. No you probably have some thoughts on him. I have they, no idea. I'm shocked that uh, people have been. They first of all, they hung a low number. They only hung seven ninety nine. Uh, That's a really sharp number. That's people sharp. have been running to the window to bet this over because it's juiced up to minus one seventy. Um, you think, uh, you don't, you, are you of the mindset that he's going to be a, a decoy kind of guy? a la Sammy Watkins in the, uh, in the Rams offense from last year. Yes. Yes. You've yeah. read the same thing I have. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Okay. Okay. Yep. Uh, what about Sammy Watkins? Any expectations for him now that he's a chief? I, I, well, I I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna kind of stay away from that one. He's probably gonna get hurt. <laughs> <I like it. laughs> he probably, gonna, he yeah, probably, probably right. He probably gonna get hurt. Um, okay, good stuff, man. This was super fun. Oh, what? Uh, do you hear a Randall Cobb yardage one out there? One no, one. I I see Adams, but not Cobb. Uh, Adams is ten fifty. Cobb's not lined. Yeah, um, Cobb, because they they would definitely have missed out the Cobb line if they had tried. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. My, um, my my last one that I I'm looking at it's an evenly. I mean, it's prop juice. It's minus one twenty on either side. Will a quarterback throw for 5,000-plus yards? Minus 120 to the yes and no. We didn't have one last year. I mean, are they actually going to enforce this stupid helmet rule? Because if they are, it's definitely yes. Interesting. What's What makes yeah, you say that? Two years before. Ah, I see what you're saying. Interesting. Yeah, it definitely um, helps. It definitely will help drives keep going. Interesting. Um, one one of these that sticks out to me, and I'm not sure I understand this. Uh, 
Devontae Parker, uh, they hung his receiving yardage total at 750. Uh, and the under has been juiced pretty heavily. Uh, what somebody knows something about Parker that I don't know. <laughs> I feel like he's going to be the feature receiver in that uh, Miami offense. What is the featured off wide receiver in the Miami offense really worth? Is it really worth more than that? I don't know. I think 900 ish. I would have, I would have guessed around 900, 750 seats. I mean, still, Real Dola, I mean, Tannehill's not even that good, you know, and it's not like Parker's been a, a model citizen for health. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's, there is probably at three and a half. Yeah. No one's expecting much of Devonte Parker this year. Huh? Interesting. Or Miami or Miami. Yeah. Um, any, uh, any, uh, quarterbacks that are particularly cold for you based on turnovers and things like that, uh, fumbles, interceptions, anyone you, that you're like this guy, uh, I don't know. I'll just throw Cam Newton out there. <laughs> is he being overdrafted because of, uh, how likely he is to uh, turn the ball over? No. Interesting. I, I also don't think he's going to turn over the ball as much as people think. Interesting. How about a guy like David Carr? He's awful. I <laughs> Joe, Joe Flacco West. Would it surprise you to know that uh, <laughs> David Carr's? Would it surprise you to know David Carr's uh, passing yardage total of thirty eight hundred has been bet to the over? That, 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 that must be the, that must be like all those people that like are seeing the Raiders move to Vegas and like are begging it to be true. That's a pretty good point. I hadn't really yeah, thought of I'm that. Yeah, I'm still – people have been trying to sell me on the Raiders for a few weeks, and I still don't think I can get on that train. So, The Chargers in that division just feel like the best team. I know that the Chargers and things go wrong, but I, I just – Denver's not good, but Kansas City has no defense whatsoever, and the Raiders I just think are going to be a mess. Okay, last player prop question, and then I'm going to put you on the spot. Uh, reasonable expectation for Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh, you're talking to a really Jim, a Jimmy G guy. Um, a- MVP. <laughs> <laughs> reasonable. I mean, at least top top three MVP. voting. <laughs> I, I think you could finish. I think you could definitely finish in the top five. I like that call. I like that call. The, his numbers are. Damn his yardage prop high. is four hundred. Real high. I can't believe there are so how high many weapons on that team. So oh, many it's a, weapons. It could be a good offense. And that defense, I think, is gonna be better than you think. Really think it's gonna be better than you think. Interesting. So you're a Niners oh. guy this season. I like it. Uh, I like it. I, I just was um, I was really hoping that like they would just open the Super Bowl odds at like 25 to 1 for like a day so I could just slam it, but didn't get that yeah. dream. I like it. Okay, so official. I need to put you on the spot now. Official predictions for uh, season-ending leaders in passing yards, rushing, and receiving. Okay. Gut, gut calls. Gut calls. Who's our Who's our passing? Passing Rogers. I'm, I'm, okay. Passing Rogers. Receiving Hopkins. Running back. Pick uh, one of these three. Uh, give me Zeke, but not much confidence there. Zeke, what would, would it change if we said all purpose yards from a back? Would you change it to Gurley? Yeah, I would. Yes, yeah, I think okay. so too. I mean, just from a fantasy <laughs> standpoint, he's gonna get so many receiving yards. 
Andy, any chance you think you uh, you land Gurley in your thirds pick in, in your draft? No, I've kind of talked. If like he's he's going first. Oh, <laughs> oh. who do you want? Who don't you want in that third spot, Andy? I'll take I'll take whoever. Any of those guys will be all right. I guess I'm not huge on Bell just because he's being a dipshit, but boy, that's going to be a good <laughs> offense. They're going to be playing catch up a lot. He's going to get a lot of receiving yards. Um, there's so many weapons. It just opens things up. Any of those guys would be fine. So friend of the we'll, pod, uh, friend of the pod, Christian Pina is of the mind that they are going to load Le'Veon Bell with like the most obscene amount of usage you've ever seen in your life, given that he's on this deal and they're not going to pay him. Uh, that they're just, just going to beat him into the ground. We uh, saw it. The Cowboys did it with uh, DeMarco. That's a, that's a good point. That's a good. There's precedent. Um, good stuff, man. All right, CJ, let's wrap this up. This was outstanding. Thank you so much. Yeah, you awesome. got us. You took, you took time out of your Vegas vacation to sit and talk to us. That was that's right. awesome. I, I, it would have been bad if just helped the Brewers in the sports book making two hours for five earned runs in the inning. So this was much better <laughs> use of my time. All right. Well, yeah, we'll, uh, great we, we'll buy, yeah, we'll, we'll buy you beer out there this weekend when we see you. Thanks again. Best of luck in your new venture, arborpro.com. Check them out if you haven't already. Uh, you probably follow CJ already. If you don't, give this guy a follow and uh, you won't be disappointed if you're a daily or season long, especially fantasy football player. Um, strap up this pod. Great work. Great work, fellas. 